Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live and to today's edition of the program. Uh, I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday afternoon or evening, wherever you're at uh, in the nation. And we got people from coast to coast that are listening right now to Calvary Live. So welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live you can call me at that number you just heard to be on the air to reach me, ask your questions about the Bible, or to give your prayer requests. And we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, so give me a call. Uh, this is your program. Uh, you who listen, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord as we go to the Word of the Lord and as we go to the throne of grace in time of need. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Call early, because sometimes those lines fill up as the show progresses. The hour goes by quickly. So grab one of those open lines on this Monday, the 31st of July. July is over. Summer goes by so fast, and tomorrow we start August. And, of course, August starts, um, you know, the month where school starts. And a lot of students will be going back starting next week to school and. Pretty soon, those going back to the university, so we want to keep those students in prayer. Also, it is the month that where preseason football starts and college football, and just we're heading into the fall season, but I'd love to talk to you. All open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's talk about the Lord, and let's talk about the things that are important to you as you get to call in and ask your questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our response to things that we see around us. So give me a call. There's another way for you to be able to reach me, and that's through a dedicated text line, and that is a different number, 720-336-0897. And most of you know those numbers. You're familiar with them. I would put them in your contacts so you can just pull up and give me a call or send me a text. As we have time in the show between calls, we'll go to the text line. But really would like to talk to you. That text line again, 720 336 0897. Again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, Northern Colorado, on this hot summer day uh, in July, the last day of July, and love to talk to you. Want to welcome all those who are listening live on Grace FM uh, along the Front Range in Colorado, two different stations, and the 89.7 in Northern Colorado reaches up into Southern Wyoming and Cheyenne and Laramie. So, love to hear from you guys there in Wyoming, and then also those of you listening live on Radio by Grace, 78 stations throughout the nation. So you too get uh, to listen live on Calvary Live, and so I'd love for you to call me. And then those of you who are listening online on the app or perhaps uh, on the website as you pull up and you are listening live right now, anywhere in the country, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Give me a call. All open lines. Maybe you've been wanting to call, and this is an opportunity. Grab one of those open lines, and I want to pray for you, and I want to answer your questions, and let's talk about the things 
um, that come into mind uh, concerning the Lord and your questions, and I uh, want to encourage you in any way that we can. Also, want to just say welcome to those who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio and Living Water Radio. Uh, those radio networks are a week delayed, which simply means you get to talk to me. And then um, as you talk to me, you'll listen to it a week later. couple open lines. Let's uh, get those lines filled up. Let's uh, just be encouraged in the things of the Lord Jesus Christ, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Let's go to Wani. Hi, Wani. How are you? Hi. Good. How are I'm you? coming back from your area. Um, I'm with my friend. But anyway... Okay. I had called in several times asking for prayer for my brother Perry, who a week ago had surgery um, at the University of California, San Francisco, with some of the top doctors in several areas because he had a aneurysm in his aortic artery, mm-hmm. and he'd mm-hmm. already had several repairs. Yeah. All of his vital organs had been clamped off. I mean, he was on a ventilator. He received lots of blood during the eight-and-a-half-hour surgery. But God answered prayer, and thank you, thank you, thank you. He's going to be released tomorrow. Um, uh, his 20-year-old grandson's going to be help to help him. It's going to take a long recovery, but thank you, and all the praise to Jesus. And then there was another young mother, um, 38, and coming back from her honeymoon, she got violently ill, and it turned out that she had a tumor on her pineal gland which is in the center of your brain. And she had surgery today, and um, the type of tumor it was, it's like an enclosed sac. And the surgeon who's done this kind of surgery before said he can't tell for certain, but it looks like it's benign because all the tissue around the tumor is healthy. So those are my two praises. Well, that yeah, praise God for that. And, Lord, we do. I thank you for these praise reports. I thank you for the follow-up for Terry in this very serious surgery that he had. I thank you for your, just your grace and, um, and that he came through the surgery. He's going to get, um, you know, taken care of by, um, you know, family and nephew. And Lord, I do pray that you would just help him to continue to recover. And Lord, um, I thank you that, um, that you brought, uh, the surgeons just guided their hands and everything through this process. We give you the glory, and Wani gives you the glory. And thank you for the prayers of your saints as you do care about us. You care about the prayers. And, Lord, I thank you for the uh, work that you've done in him and also for this mother that had a tumor on her brain. We do pray that it's benign. We do pray that, uh, Lord, that they got everything out, um, that she would be able to recover and move forward and become, you know, just healthy. And Lord, we pray for your hand of healing upon her as well. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. You're gracious. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your mercy. And we give you the glory in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, dear one. You bet. Hey, thanks for following up. I really appreciate that. Ate that. You know, when we get a prayer request, and then those who follow up with it, it just means a lot to us. And and so I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. God bless you. you. God bless you. Bye. Uh, all right. God bless you. You, you know, it is, um, 
wonderful when um, you give a prayer request and then you follow up with it because we we love to hear how God is working and to, or if we need to continue to pray. So we're so thankful that Wani would continue to just follow up with us and the prayer requests and others as well. It just warms our hearts and it, it's nice to know, um, you know, how God is working in, in our prayers for one another. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. We got one open line. When somebody hangs up, you know there's an open line, so grab it. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You are welcome. Thanks for calling. What um, can we do I was for you? If you could pray, yeah. <laughs> say a prayer. Um, I just got a new job, and for some reason, my drug test came out positive for codeine and. I, I was not doing any drugs, um, but thankfully um, I was able to call the lab and they um, are going to overturn it. They said maybe I had poppy seeds and they're going to give me one more chance and my employer told me I have to take it today. So now okay. I was a little worried about like, I don't yeah. know what is in my water or what. So if I could get a prayer and then like just for God's will, because we just moved uh, states, it's almost it's a year like today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. and just that if we're not in God's will, that he would graciously put us on the right track if we're not supposed to be here or, if, or okay. stuff like that. Yeah, and he does want to guide you, and he wants to guide us in every area of our lives. And as you go to him, um, as you wait on him, uh, Isaiah chapter 30, just to encourage you um, that you will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I believe he wants to do that. And we're going to pray for you right now for the drug tests and everything that, Lord, as we lift up joy to you. And um, somehow the test came back showing um, something. But, Lord, I pray that as she takes another one, that it would come back uh, clear, that uh, there would be no problems, there would be no misreading uh, of um, the drug test. And, Lord, as um, she is moved to a new place and um, as they are making decisions whether to stay, that you would make it clear. Give them a peace that passes understanding, a peace that guards their hearts, that you would, uh, as they wait on you, uh, desiring to be in your will. We know that as we come to you, desiring to, to Lord, to be sensitive to your leading, that you, you want to lead us, you want to guide us in every area of our lives, where we live and how we live. And, Lord, I pray that you would do that and you would speak to them clearly and that you would bless them and you uh, want them to stay, that you would provide for them. So, Lord, I just lift up joy to you. I just pray that everything would go smooth, uh, that she wouldn't have to worry, um, her and her family, that they would just trust in you, that uh, you're going to put them where you want them to be. And, Lord, I just pray that you would make it clear uh, speaking to them, that still small voice working in their lives day by day as they move out in faith, just desiring to uh, be in a place where you want them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, Joy. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. 303-690-3000's calling number. The Lord does want to guide us in every area of our lives. And I was looking at this, um, how uh, the Lord, uh, I was reading Lamentations uh, today, this afternoon, how 
His mercies are new every morning. His compassion fails not. And I, I try to remember that, that he's compassionate, his mercies are new, and he said he's good to those who wait on him. And sometimes it's hard to wait on the Lord when we're praying about things and desiring uh, to you know, move forward in, in what he might have for us. But during that time, continue to seek him, seek his goodness, continue to wait on the Lord, continue to read the scriptures, and he will give us a word saying this is the way, walk in it. And uh, it's not easy because um, we live in an instant world. We want answers right away. We want our food right away. We, you know, instant communication, all these things. And then we carry that into our Christian lives. And in our Christian lives, we need to learn to wait on the Lord at times. But he does want to work in our lives and guide us and direct us in every way. So two open lines, 303-690-3000. That call-in number, and again, let me give you that text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Lexington, Kentucky. Hi, you're on Calvary Live. Hello. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Is that uh, Elitha or Elisha? Yes, Elitha. Uh-huh. Well, welcome to Calvary Live. I'm glad you called. Thank you. Um, yes, um, you know, there's a lot uh, being said now in the media about uh, extraterrestrial uh, UFOs and that kind of thing, which, um, I, you know, I don't know what I think about that, but uh, I do know that uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and I was just wondering if uh, what your thoughts are, if you believe that uh, there's extra life out there somewhere. Um, yeah, and it is the subject that's coming up a lot. Matter of fact, last week uh, somebody texted in a question about, you know, is UFOs and all of this going to be a sign of the end times? And I'll say what the Bible says about creation. He did create the heavens and the earth. And the heavens declare his glory, as David would write in the Psalms. Um, so we do know that the heavens declare his glory. It's a vast universe out there. We don't know how big it is. Um, billions of billions of galaxies, billions upon billions of solar systems and suns. Uh, I remember when I was in junior high, they said that the known universe was about 4 billion light years across. Now they say it's about... Uh, 20 some, 22, the last I heard, billion light years across. We don't know how big it is, but our God holds it in the palm of his hand. So there are those who really are intrigued. Is there intelligent life out there uh, somewhere in the universe? The Bible does not say that God created any other life forms out there in the universe at all. Matter of fact, he only says a few words about uh, the stars in Genesis chapter one, he said, and he made the stars also just a few words. And also the Bible says that we're the crowning jewel of his creation. So we know the Bible declares that. So personally, I do not believe that there's other life forms that are out there. Um, the Bible doesn't say it, um, uh, gives no indication of it. Uh, I, I don't think that there is. We're the crowning jewel of his creation. So the rest of the Bible, from Genesis 2 to Revelation uh, 22, deals with man and God's redemption and how he's redeemed us and how he's worked with man. Um, So 
Uh, I don't think that there is. And even if there was, Elisha, even if there was, that every knee shall bow that is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth to the glory of God the Father. So we're going to perhaps, you know, as we get closer to the return of the Lord, we're hearing about UFOs and, you know, secret reports. And uh, is it going to be a factor that's going to really shake up the faith of Christians? I hope that it doesn't, because I believe the Bible. I believe we're the crowning jewel of his creation. Uh, We do know there's going to be fearful signs in the heaven, Luke's narrative tells us in the Olivet Discourse. What does that mean? Well, usually we do know that there's going to be cosmic disturbances that are going to take place, but does it include anything else? We do know that Satan is an angel of light. Um, So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how these things come forth, um, what's going to be talked about. uh, But we stand true to the Word of God, and um, He is the creator of the universe. He's the God of the universe, and every knee shall bow down, even though I don't believe that there is other intelligent lives. Um, but every knee shall bow that is in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth to the glory of God the Father. And that's what we need to keep uh, in mind, and that's what we need to stand on. You know. What's that? I don't believe that there's other uh, life out there either, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there there are those. Yeah, there's all kinds of videos and things like that of, you know, aliens, you know, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's always amazing how they all got, you know, big, huge heads and, you know, big eyes and, and you know, no clothes. And it's just, I don't know. So, you know, just we need to stay focused on the gospel. We need to stay focused on what God's word has to say and um, not be distracted by all these different things. You know, there is also we need to remember that uh, the Lord said that in the last days that there will be false prophets and teachers that will be on the scene, and they will have, uh, you know, doing signs and wonders. We know that the Antichrist is going to come on the scene with lying signs and wonders. So there's going to be some things that are going to happen that are, you know, lying signs and wonders, the false teachers and prophets that are on the scene, and we need to stay true to the Word of God, what the Word of God declares. Amen. Amen. Thanks, thanks for calling. appreciate it. Thank you so much, Pastor. Appreciate it. You bet. God Uh-oh. bless you. And you too. All right. It's going to be a subject to come up, and, you know, it's going to be a question that is asked, and we are the crowning jewel of God's creation, and he only has about five words to say about making the stars, even though it's a vast universe, and we do know that David said that it's the heavens that clear your glory, O Lord. There's a question that came up not long ago, um, that uh, it, while we're on the subject, we do have all open lines. 303-690-3000 uh, is the call-in number, and text line 720-336-0897. And the question was, is the gospel written in the stars? And um, personally, I, I don't believe that the gospel is written in the stars. Again, David said that the heavens declare your glory, but it doesn't give the the um, the gospel. Um, we have the word of God given to us that gives the gospel, that gives it very, very clearly. So uh, sometimes people through the Kodiak, they say signs or whatever uh, constellations that the gospels present it. But, uh, um, 
you know, I, I think that the gospel is presented to us in God's word, and that's what we need to give to others as well. All right, we got all open lines, so give me a call on this Monday, the 31st of July. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, pray that you're doing well. Um, I know that a lot of people are traveling. A lot of people are out and about uh, on vacation, trying to get vacation in before school starts back up. And we do want to pray for our students. We do want to pray for another school year that's starting. We had a high school retreat that took place last weekend, and the kids came back just um, encouraged and blessed in every way. It was an important time for them uh, to, you know, be up uh, on the mountain and just being blessed in the things of the Lord and the ways of the Lord. So grateful for the team that went up there and ministered to our kids. And so we need to continue to pray for our young people because it is hard for them. It's difficult, especially as they have faith uh, in the days in which we are in and for our college students and be praying for teachers and we have a number of teachers here at the church that are going to be going back and teaching. Matter of fact, uh, my youngest son is going to be teaching here in Colorado. It's his first teaching job, and he just graduated from uh, UNC. So we're praying for him that he, he doesn't just see it as a job. He, he doesn't, but it's a ministry to those kids. And we always want to pray um, for you know the, the teachers to be a light. As difficult as it is, we're grateful that you're in the schools. We're grateful that you're there to be a light to those kids. And um, so, Father, we do just take the time right now to pray for our students that will be going back, some of them as early as a week from now, uh, here in Colorado, and the teachers going back even this week. Just be with the teachers, particularly those of faith. And, Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen them and guide them, give them wisdom, give them direction, um, and just help them to be that light to the students. And, Lord, to to just be able to maneuver through all the, the things that they have to uh, in being in the schools, particularly the public schools. But, Lord, I also pray that you just be with their students and strengthen them and help them and guide them. So, Lord, we just lift it up to you in the school year as they start, as the students go back to college here in a couple of weeks. We just pray that those who are starting college, that they would, um, Lord, just be able to stay strong in their faith, get involved with Christians, a, a college ministry, and also a church where they go. And, Lord, we just pray that you keep them strong as well. So we just lift this all up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Open lines, 303-690-3000 call-in number. Text line, 720-336-0897. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday. Let's go to Lexington, Kentucky. Josh. Yes, sir. Hi. Pastor Jeff, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. I have a prayer request for uh, my I have two pastors, one uh, that I attend on Sunday mornings, and I go to a men's group uh, with another pastor, and... The, uh, my men's group leader, Pastor, he has a couple of adopted children, and one in particular, just a couple of issues recently. Uh, he's a really good dude, and so please pray for him. I know that it's it, it's heavy on he and his wife, um, okay. so the prayer request. And then the other thing would be an encouragement to those, uh, well, to you and to those listening. Uh, thank you, Pastor Jeff, for saying yes to God's calling on your life. And I know that it influences us, and I know you take it seriously, so thank you. And just to uh, ask people, 
uh, to pray for you and the pastors of Bridge Bible and also local pastors because uh, pastors, they, they're under a lot of burden, and they need yeah. prayer as well. So thank you. Well, thank you for just reminding everybody. We do need your prayers. We covet your prayers. And you know what, Josh? We're going to pray for your uh, pastor of your men's group. Uh, you know, we, we have families, too, and, and we have children, and uh, we deal with the issues that everybody else has to deal with. And uh, none of us have perfect families. None of us have perfect situations. And and it is hard. It's, it can be difficult in the day in which we're ministering. And sometimes we for, can forget to pray for our pastors. And they we desperately need prayer. And when I first, Josh, and then we'll get to, to praying for your prayer requests, when I first became uh, a pastor, I thought, oh, I don't want to really ask for prayer for myself. Um, you, you know, I, I was just kind of naive. I, I thought that's showing maybe that uh, I was, you know, not strong in the Lord or whatever it might be, really dumb reasons. And then I was reading in, in you know, Romans where Paul says, pray for me <laughs> in the New Testament. And I thought if Paul can ask for prayer, you know, I want to ask for prayer as well. And yes. um, so we need to pray for our pastors because I tell you, it's a battle out there. It's a battle for all of us, and it's a battle for those who particularly staying true to the Word of God. And we talked a little bit about it on Sunday um, because, um, you know, you see in churches today that are caving into the demands of culture, um, those things that fly right into the face of what God's Word declare um, is good and trying to get us to embrace those things that are contrary to God's Word. And, uh, and I think the battle's going to continue to rage. And so I appreciate that, that reminder. So, Father, I do pray for Josh. I pray that um, Lord, for his uh, pastor that has a couple adopted uh, children, there's issues. You know what those issues are. And I just pray that you would um, just touch their family, uh, touch those kids, um, draw them to you, give them wisdom and how to move forward and clarity and understanding. And Lord, that you would work and, and draw them to you. And Lord, um, so we just pray for your mighty hand working uh, in this family and with those kids. And, Lord, we do pray for those who are teaching the Word of God. There's so many. We know that the trend of the church today is uh, caving into perhaps culture or uh, that calling good, which is, um, you know, evil or evil good, as Isaiah said, we're seeing those days. But, Lord, there are pastors, too, that are dedicated um, to the Word of God behind the pulpits. They're in the cities. They're in the small towns. Um, they're ministering to sheep. They're serving them out of humility and the fear of the Lord. We just pray for your guidance and direction and strength on them. We just pray that you would uh, bless them. And Lord, uh, and Lord, I just pray that you would help us to keep fighting the good fight. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You are loved and appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate those words. Really do. Yes, sir. All right. You know, it is, you know, it's a blessing when Josh and others, you know, take the time to, to encourage the pastors. Don't forget to do that. Um, you know, don't forget to tell your pastor, I'm praying for you. And, you know, uh, thank you um, for um, just ministering. And it just does a lot. And, but it's not just with us as well, but with others as well. Uh, because give a word of encouragement to a brother or sister that needs it. 
um, in the Lord. Um, and it goes so far when we do that. And maybe today there's a kind word that you can give to somebody or a word of encouragement to somebody to build them up and encourage them in the things that the Lord take the time to do that. Say, I'm praying for you. Um, it, it means so much when we are ones that, um, you know, hear those words, I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying for you. Um, and God loves you and cares for you. And even sending a text. I got a couple texts last week that were just such an encouragement to me. So just want to remember that. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. And so grab that open line, text line 720-336-0897. This is The Only Break. We're going to be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday afternoon, the last day of July. Summer's going by quickly and fast. It always does, but I pray you're doing well. And I pray that you would consider giving me a call at 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. We've got an open line, text line 720-336-0897. And so give me a call. love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, send a text. If we got time as we are closing the show, we'll go to the text line. We'll uh, be able to pray for you in those prayer requests. I do want to remind you that that text line is a 24-7 prayer line that you can text in a prayer request anytime during the show, this hour show, that we do take the time as you text in prayer requests to um, pray for you uh, as time allows. Uh, but use that resource. I think it's a wonderful resource. I think it's a wonderful thing that Calvary Church in Aurora has done is having this text line that you can call and leave a prayer request in the prayer team at um, there at Calvary Church in Aurora. I will be praying for you, and and I have, uh, I'll tell you, um, they they will pray. Um, they are a praying church; they're sensitive to praying, and uh, it is a priority of the, uh, their ministry. And I'm very very grateful for them. So seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. If you need prayer, uh, anytime you can shoot that text um, line of prayer, and they will be looking at it for you. Uh, open line three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Henry in Virginia. Hi, Henry. Hey, hello. How are you? You're on Calvary uh, Live. Good. How you doing, Pastor? Um, uh, I have a question. Um, first of all, uh, thank you for your service. You've been mm-hmm. a blessing to our family. Um, and uh, the question is about uh, so in Luke. Uh, 1616 if I'm not mistaken Jesus uh, to the Pharisees so the uh, the uh, the prophets and the law serve you as a guide not the Lord but he focuses on the in uh, the prophets and these uh, in the Old Testament he says they serve you as a guide unto John the Baptist right so um then that's like basically him saying that there would be no prophets after that but the gift of prophecy, which uh, Paul introduces in the uh, in, in, um, in the book of Corinthians. Now, 
in the book of Acts 11.27, this prophet comes out of nowhere and prophesy a famine that is coming over the the earth. And, right. And it, it's, uh, his name is Agab- Agabus, I, I think Ag- it is. Agabus. Agabus was the prophet. And then there was another yeah. prophet that came and prophesied uh, to Paul um, when he was yeah. going, headed to Jerusalem that tribulations and chains await you, Paul. So you do see prophets that are in the book of Acts. When Jesus here in, in chapter 16, he gives the parable, the unjust steward. It's a long parable. It's it's a parable that a lot of people can get a little bit uh, confused about. They derided him. Um, and it's interesting, it switched to lovers of money. But as um, he uh, is telling them, I, I believe what he's telling them, the law and the prophets were until John that Jesus indicated that the ministry of John the Baptist marked the end of a great aspect of God's work, and, and that is the, the the prophets that came on the scene in the Old Testament, um, and it ended with John's ministry. John's ministry would then say the kingdom of God is at hand as he was the forerunner to the uh, Messiah. So in a sense, it, it, that was the end of the, the Old Testament, um, the office of prophets that had that special ministry. Now, as we go into the New Testament, you have prophets that were on the scene uh, that were prophesying. They they weren't, in a sense, the same as the Old Testament prophets, uh, but they were prophesying. And then the Bible, you know, in Corinthians uh, chapters 12 and 14 speaks about prophecy and the gift of prophecy. So, Jesus is not saying that there will be no more prophets. He's saying that this ends the ministry, marks the end of a great aspect of God's work at that time. And um, and now that uh, a new covenant is going to be presented with an order that is different than the law, yet fulfills the law. So that that's, in a sense, what Jesus is saying. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's more, I see it more clear now. I just yeah. thought, um, because it's a lot of, like, I I grew up in a Pentecostal church, but I, I came out of it because it was, a, a, the teaching was not, like, when God opened my eyes, it, the, the teaching was not according to the um, to the uh, Bible. Um, I moved on, and, uh, you know, I came to a church where I understood the gospel better. Yeah. And, you know, then uh, <laughs> it was more clear to me what Jesus did on yeah. the cross, and and the power of what took place when he died and resurrected. Yeah. Um, Amen. Um, Amen. But those, where I grew up, it, it was like in the church that I grew up, not to, you know, talk bad about any Pentecostal church, but there was a lot of prophecy and people calling, like, by name, God told me to tell you this. And I, and it happened to me a lot of times, but I just felt like it was void. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, yeah. I... I, yeah, and you're bringing up a very important point, um, Henry, because, you know, there's still prophecy. I believe that the in the validity of the gifts, um, that the, you know, prophecy, and as you look at the definition of prophecy in the New Testament, it's not just foretelling God's Word, it's foretelling God's Word. And Paul really explains that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that he'd rather hear prophecy, that is the understanding, the foretelling of God's Word, rather than tongues. I believe tongues, the gift of tongues, is a gift that is for today. It is man-given praises and adoration to God. And so I, I think what happens is 
that in certain circles of Christianity, uh, that the gifts, you know, get overemphasized or there's an abuse of gifts. That's why Paul would write to the Corinthian believers. And I do believe that prophecy can come forth, um, but sometimes it's used in a way of this guy's a prophet and he utters things. And here's the test of a prophet, because we're told in the church we're to, to judge prophecy, um, that the church leadership is to judge prophecy. And there have been those who have come to me and said, I am a prophet of God, and uh, thus saith the Lord. And they gave a prophecy, and it utterly failed. It did not hold up to the test of God's word, or to test the spirits to see if they are of God, because there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. If it, it if it's contrary to God's word, it's it's not prophecy that is true prophecy that came from God. If it is foretelling and the future, and they are wrong then they're a false prophet. That's the guidelines given. And I think that prophecy can be given just kind of flippantly that thus saved the Lord, and it really isn't judged. Um, it it doesn't come to pass. It's like, well, you know, there's excuses or whatever, but there's some very strict guidelines in that. And um, we know that the prophets of the Old Testament, they were 100% accurate. And God is 100% accurate, not 99 or 98%, but 100%. And so, you know, we're to judge prophecy, and I believe the, in the validity of the gifts for today, uh, but the guidelines are given to us um, and how those gifts are to be used and exercised and even how they are to be judged, um, prophecy in the Scriptures, how we test it. So, you know, you bring it, you're bringing out some interesting points, Henry. Yeah, you know, there's another uh, verse, um, but that uh, I like what you said about um, worth telling the word of God, what what's already written, right? Um, and uh, I think in uh, Hebrew chapter one, verse one, um, it says yeah. that God in many times, like spoke in many times uh, in the old times um, through the prophets, and the, the you know, and then. And then it says, in this last day, he has spoken to you through his son, Jesus. Right. Right? Yeah. And um, so, and then in the book of Revelation, I, I, I forgot which uh, chapter, it says that the spirit of, uh, spirit, the spirit of prophecy is the, 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 the preaching of the gospel. Yeah. So, and so, so it's the foretelling of God's word, foretelling God's word. There is the gift of prophecy. We see it in the scriptures, and um, so in, anyway, we we get those guidelines there. But I appreciate it, Henry. God bless you. Good question that you're asking. All right, thank you. But um, uh, it was I see it more clear now the way Good. you explain you. it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You are um, very. If you very can uh, keep my uh, uh, wife and uh, my family and in, in prayer, so we can understand each other better. <laughs> Father, I do pray. I pray for Henry's wife, for his family, that they would have an understanding, that they would come together, that there would be that clarity and understanding that comes from you, from your word, from your guidance. And Lord, that they would come together because you desire for that. Um, And Lord, I just pray that you'd help Henry to lead his family, to grow in your word, and Lord, to leave in love and um, to lead um, as he sees your word directing him. But Lord, also with patience and uh, with mercy and compassion, and and Lord, uh, I just pray that you guide him, help him be the the uh, man of God, the husband 
uh, that you call them to be in every way, bringing them all together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks a lot. You bet. God bless you. Okay, we got two open lines, 303-690-3000. It's the call-in number to text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jeff in Boulder. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Pastor Jeff. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing doing quite well. I just want to thank you for taking calls in your ministries and this whole thing. It's oh, been very you. helpful for, for me and my family over the years, so thank you, good. Jeff. Well, thank you, and it's a privilege. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, I, my question is, I get stuck on little things sometimes, but, uh, you know, in, in Thessalonians, in the fourth chapter or whatever, sometimes I get mixed up exactly where, you know, where, where we're, you know, they call the rapture, we're met up, you know, we meet the Lord, the air. It, it says that, uh, you know, the, the, the dead will rise first, and then we will, those who remain in him, will, will rise up to meet him in the air. And I guess in my my mind, I see, okay, does that mean, you know, there's there's people actually that have passed away at that point, they're rising up to meet him first, and then we meet him? Because, that because you know, in the... When Jesus on the cross, he said, "Today you're going to be with me in paradise." To the to the to the thief yeah. or whoever he was there. So that's my you know I just don't quite quite understand that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get confused by that um, because Paul's talking about the resurrection. He's speaking to the church at Thessalonica. He wrote about the resurrection to the church at Corinth. Uh, he would establish those churches on his second missionary journey, um, and they you know the Greek culture had such a negative view of the afterlife. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They had a negative view of it. It was very dark. Matter of fact, some of the ancient stones that they found on, um, you know, Greek gravestones was no hope. Uh, that was on the gravestones. So they, they really looked, you know, didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why Paul was writing to them. And there were even some that were coming into the church saying that there is no resurrection. So Paul begins to write in 1 Corinthians 15 that if there's no bodily resurrection of Jesus, which he did rise from the grave, the apostles saw him, 500 people saw him at once, it's the very foundation of our faith. And if Jesus didn't rise bodily from the grave, then we have no hope. We're still in our sins. Our faith is futile. There was also the Gnostics that were on this scene as well in the first century that Paul was dealing with. We see that. Um, with um, the the letter to uh, the church of Colossae. We know that John deals with it in that general epistle in First John, saying that Jesus didn't have a body. So the resurrection is um, having eternal life in a new heavenly body. And so Paul's beginning to write to the, the Christians that were confused about the resurrection in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brother, concerning those who have fallen asleep or died, lest there sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep with Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's where you get the Greek word harpazo, where you get the English, well, the Latin word rapture is where we get the English word rapture. There are those who say the word rapture is not in the Bible. We don't believe in the rapture. Unfortunately, there's more and more um, Christians that I hear say that or pastors behind the pulpit that say 
we don't teach about the rapture or we don't believe in the rapture. Well, it is in the Bible, in the Latin Bible, but it's a sudden taking away. When you compare that to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul is talking about the resurrection, he says that, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all change, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So the rapture at that time, when the trumpet blows, that the dead in Christ will rise first, uh, even as, you know, Jeff, um, we just uh, said goodbye to my mom a couple weeks ago, and her body was put into the ground. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Again, he's talking about the resurrection, but he wants them to understand that when we breathe our last and our life is done here, that we immediately go in the presence of the Lord. Our spirit goes up to heaven to be with Jesus. But at the sound of the trumpet, we're going to get new heavenly bodies. Our bodies are going to be resurrected to that which is corruptible must put on incorruption, that which is mortal must put on immortality. So there is no soul sleep. There are those who have come along and and with the false doctrine of soul sleep that, you know, our bodies sleep, but not our soul. Our spirit goes home to be with the Lord immediately. But the day is going to come when we're going to get new heavenly bodies. It's all going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. That's the speed of light. It's not the blink of an eye. It's the twinkle of an eye, which is the speed of light, that light reflecting off your eye. So it's all going to happen instantly where the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that's a very clear doctrine that's given in Scripture. There's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to meet the Lord in the air that are not going to die physically, and that's where we're going to have our glorified body. So that's the sequence that's going to happen. And uh, because Jesus rose from the grave bodily, we have the promise that we will raise from the grave bodily but we will go home to be with the Lord. So those in Christ that have gone on before us, they're with Jesus right now. That includes my mom. Ah, okay. Okay, so just, so it is, I agree with that. The soul is is, is with Jesus right now, but yeah. there will be a time where their, their bodies come up later to meet with with Jesus as we come up thereafter. Okay, okay, That's that makes more sense. Yeah, okay. and, you, you know, there's there's those who try to come up with different theories do we get a temporary body, um, time-space continuum, you know, all this? You know, it's it's like, I, all I can tell you is what the Bible says. You know, Paul does say in Second Corinthians chapter 5 that we will not be found naked. We do know this, that God's going to take care of it, and when the trumpet sounds, the graves are going to open up, and that's when we're going to get our new heavenly body. I pray, Jeff, that we're the generation that is taken by the Lord, that we don't have to taste death, physical death. Um, that we meet the Lord in the air. That would be just fine with me. And we know that then Paul goes on to say, but concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need that I write to you. And then he begins to talk about the day of the Lord, that time of judgment that will come on a Christ-rejected world. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm praying for that as well during this, this time, that that would be our generation. Well, one other quick question then, Pastor Jeff, considering the bodies now. When the new heavens and the new earth, do we keep our heavenly bodies, or is that completely a different thing? Once you get your new body, it's for all eternity. 
That's it. All righty. That answers my questions. Well, I appreciate you, Pastor. Thank you, sir. You bet. And thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Have a good God day. God bless you. Yep. Can't wait to get that new body. You know, Paul writes in Second Corinthians 5 that our bodies groan. And the older we get and the older I get, the more it groans. But uh, we're going to get new heavenly bodies for all eternity. Um, and it's going to be wonderful when that time comes. Let's go to Robin and Aurora. Robin? Robin, are you there? Okay. Robin, if you could call back, it'd be great. I'd love to talk to you about um, what you're asking and um, love to encourage you. So if you get a chance or even tomorrow, I'd love to talk to you about um, your question that you have because I think it's a very important question. And I'd love to walk you through it if you're listening and just try to encourage you in that, Robin. So give us a call or give us a call sometime. Want to, you know, me, I'll be here tomorrow and, um, just want to encourage you. But in the meantime, let's go to Lola in Philadelphia. Hi, Lola. Hey, it's actually Mona. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. So, but welcome to, (laughs) welcome. We have a dog named Lola, which is really (laughs) funny, but anyway, Mona. Um, yeah, I just need a prayer request for my son. Um, him, his father and I are going through a divorce, and I think that, like, it's really hard for him to, to figure out what side he wants to be or he needs to be on. Um, and, yeah, so I just need everybody to pray for him. You know, Mona, I don't I don't want to, you know, over the radio, um, get into why you're getting divorced or anything. But I do want to say this, that I do pr- hope that you and your husband would really sit down and that he wouldn't have to, to take sides. I don't know the circumstances. I, you don't need to explain it on the radio. But, you okay. know, this is very difficult for children. And I don't know how old your son is, but it's he extremely, should. yeah, extremely difficult. And it's hard. And sometimes they feel like they have to take sides. And they need to know that you guys love them, that, that you know, that um, you're going to continue to, to be in their lives. And, again, I don't know all the circumstances, but... Um, you, you know, when they're in that situation of, you know, I got to choose sides and all of this, um, it, it's not a good situation for them. And I, I know things come up to where perhaps, um, there's, there's different situations and circumstances to where, you know, they need to be protected or whatever. So, um, I'm just saying that if it is possible, um, that you guys come together and say, listen, we love you and that, we want to be a part of your lives and make him not feel like he has to make a decision. I even pray again. I don't want to get into it that, um, that, you know, the circumstances and everything, um, that there'd be even reconciliation with you and the husband. I don't know if it's possible, but if you got counseling and all that. So father, I just pray for, for, um, Mona and I just pray, you know, the circumstance and, and I don't want to, have her think that um, I'm being judgmental, but just Lord, that for her son, that the separation is very difficult, that he wouldn't feel like he has to make a choice that mom and dad, um, it's so you put the family together and, and Lord and parents that nurture and raise their kids and love them. And I pray that, um, he would still feel that, um, 
I do pray for this family somehow that you would work. I don't know the circumstances. I don't want you know to be presumptuous on anything that you would just work that you would just work in restoring and healing if it's possible. Lord, I just pray that you be with Mona. Just minister to her heart. But right now she asked for prayer for her son. So we just ask you to minister to him and his heart, bring comfort and assurance. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Mona, thank you. We'll keep praying. Thank okay. You. you bet. Thank you so much. You bet. Appreciate uh-huh. it. I just want to, you know, as we're towards the end of the show, I, I know it's hard, and um, our kids need us. They really need us parents. And um, I just pray for marriages. I pray that families stay together. It's so hard. And I know that there's uh, times when divorce does happen, and God says he hates divorce. He doesn't hate the divorced person. He loves the divorced person. I just hate what it does to families and um, and the separation and the pain that it brings. And for those of you who have gone through painful divorce, I'm so sorry. And um, God still loves you and still wants to minister and work in your life and the life of your family. So, hey, um, we're going to go to the text line. We've got a few minutes left. We've got open lines, what I see. Um, and there's somebody that's asking for prayer for their son, Isaac. So, Father, we do pray. You know the circumstances for Isaac. I pray that you would just, whatever, um, you know, that the prayer request is, you know the heart of the one who sent this text in. And so we lift up Isaac to you and just pray uh, for him as well, uh, whatever needs he has, uh, whatever he might uh, need in his life. And uh, you just pray that you would work according to your will. There's a question that came in. It kind of what we talked about a little bit with Bible prophecy is America in Bible prophecy. And we don't see a clear mentioning of America in Bible prophecy. Uh, There's maybe a couple uh, references where you might see America. Uh, There are some that try to use, I believe it's Isaiah 18, this proclamation. And in that section of, of Isaiah, that I believe that begins in chapter 13, and goes through chapter 19, 18, there's these proclamations against Babylon, against the nations. And one of them, I believe, is speaking of Ethiopia. And there are some that read that and say that that's a prophecy against America. There's even doctrine out there that try to replace um, the prophecies of Judah, um, that that is America um, uh, or Israel, um, and and that, that's a misinterpretation of the Scripture. Uh, God's going to restore Israel. He's, he's brought them into the land. We know that he has a plan for them, um, and uh, that's a study for another time. But when it comes to America, and God does use nations in the last days, that there may be a reference in Ezekiel 38 when that uh, confederation of nations come against Israel, and then there's another uh, Confederation of Nations, Saudi Arabia, and Tarshish, and the sons of Tarshish. Some believe that that could be Spain or Britain, and then the young lines of Tarshish is America, but we don't know for sure. Also, in Daniel chapter um, 7, when you look at those beasts that are standing before the fourth beast, there's some interpretation that those are contemporaries of the fourth beast in the last days. Some see it as Babylon 
Medo Persia and Greece, and then um, and then the Rome, uh, correlating with Daniel chapter two. But some say that no, the language seems to indicate that they are on the scene at the same time in the tribulation, and that one of them could be a reference to the United States. But other than that, we really don't have um, any mention of the United States. Pretty, the Bible's not real clear. We see Europe is mentioned, the revived Roman Empire, kings of the East, Russia is mentioned, uh, Persia is mentioned, a lot of other nations. And of course, Israel will be the epicenter of end-time prophecy and is the epicenter of end-time prophecy. Um, but um, what does that mean for you and for me? It means that we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our nation. I pray for revival. I pray for a spiritual awakening because we've gotten very far away from the Lord. And so especially, it's a good reminder uh, as we're going to see an election year coming up. I'm sure it's going to get very nasty that we as Christians, that we need to be praying for our nation and praying that God moves because he wants to save this nation and um, he desires to, to work in this nation. And so that's just a good reminder of that. So we don't really see the United States clearly given in Bible prophecy. So um, God bless you. Thank you so much, all who called. Be back tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.